It's July 8th, 2021, and this is the Foot Guns Podcast. So, how's 69K? It was a turbulent, turbulent, turbulent day in normal markets. Last night, S&P's just absolutely cratered. I thought they might do so ahead of the Fed meeting minutes because during the Fed uh, meeting minutes prior to this, it was the worst week of the year for the S&P. But they decided to crater last night, I think in part, there's a concern about uh, China easing its lending requirements, that its growth might not be as expected, plus the Delta variant, blah, blah, blah. Um, let's talk crypto. So what's going on today? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Like the, well, I, you know, Bitcoin actually didn't sell off as much as I kind of would have expected it to. Uh, you know, it's only down 5%, which for Bitcoin, that's uh, not... Really pretty mild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, the biggest thing that happened was there was a bit of like a, a pump going on in the in the DeFi land. Uh, you know, all these all these altcoins that are related to decentralized finance um, have been pumping over the last like week or so, going up. Like, I mean, some of them were up like 50, 60, You know, like, like what I mean, like pumping, like you know, up. Um, 60%. Um, and so all of a sudden, all that whole rally sort of got put in its place today i mean it, nothing nothing sold off um crazy but the the rally stopped right so the the, the rally in uh altcoins um right specifically um altcoins related to metaverses and decentralized finance okay talk to me about what a metaverse is uh yeah for, you know the the most popular one right now is called Decentraland, where you can go in and buy a, you know, what it sounds like a square of land, they call it, you know, it's literally just like space in their world uh, on the computer. You know, if anybody plays video games, like whatever video game you play, like just imagine being able to buy some location in that game. Uh, And then, you know, what makes it like somewhat interesting is that people can come in and like put a store there and then sell their NFTs, which are um, like, you know, basically like artworks uh, or like animated artworks that will be, you know, so you would have like a big, you know, you would see yourself as a little character or whatever. You walk in this building and there's like a t-shirt there and you can buy it to look at or whatever. That's really funny. I um, uh, was in, in Los Angeles in 2005 and a guy pitched me on 
the idea of virtual real estate. And I, uh, you know, never spoke to him again because I was like, you're crazy. But uh, apparently that's that's been fully realized to some degree. I got to say, though, as we talk more and more about adoption from my side of the world, uh, we're, you know, normies. Um, and there is really two things that have uh, prohibited some wider adoption. And that is uh, NFTs and in particular Doge, as we talked about. Um, now, I've got so many friends and so many friends who are like, no, we just absolutely are convinced on you know Bitcoin. It's it's immutable. It's here to stay. But I just can't get past this 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 thing that's worth multi billion dollars. That's that's a picture of a dog. And the yeah, other- and I think it goes beyond uh, Dogecoin. It's it's just this general. Uh, theme that happens in crypto where you know some wealthy individual looks at crypto thinks that they missed out because they don't understand what's happening and so they think that the only way to enter the space is to hire some developers to make a shit coin to try and you know and and some of them do it successfully some of them successfully scam a bunch of people out of money so we are uh Footguns, one of our biggest thesis is, I mean, I guess we're sort of use case maximalists uh, in a way, uh, being crypto value investors. What to you, you know, the term gets thrown a lot, around a lot, shitcoin, and they are kind of somewhat easy to spot. I would have called those a shitcoin. I mean, but, you know, to whoever got in early on that, good for them. But, um, and I think it still is a shitcoin. Obviously, things like the porn coins and i was looking at coin gecko and people are like putting houses in detroit as coins out there i mean we've crossed what into eight thousand uh tokens um and so to to explain the differentiation between an altcoin that we like like a sushi and what we might call a shit coin yeah i, I mean i think uh the those shit coins come in like a, a wide range of like how how shitty they are, you know. Um, for instance, there's there's some coins out there that are just like outright scams. So there's like you know you can you can program whatever you want as a smart contract in Ethereum. So there's there's coins that are you know just if you buy this coin every, anytime you transfer it, uh, whoever created the coin just gets ten percent of the funds or whatever or all the funds, you know. Uh, so those are just like outright. Uh, like scam coins, you know, uh, I don't even know if I would call them shit coins, but uh, the next layer up from that, which is still a scam, uh, which is a shit coin that like, like one that I saw was like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna make it our own football arena. And if you buy um, our shit coin, then like, you'll be able to tell the players how to play the game or something like that. Uh, you know, and they didn't even have um, a product. Like you literally just buying a token that's just an ERC-20 token that's like completely useless and not attached to anything. Um, and then you have stuff like Dogecoin, uh, which was created, uh, you know, back when Bitcoin was very new, uh, one of the first altcoins. And it was created by <laughs> someone that said like, hey, this is a joke. I'm just doing it so that people have um, like a place to come in crypto to play around because it's worth so little 
it, and it should never be worth anything. So you should be able to just come in here and run all your experiments or whatever, uh, and just mess around here and like learn how to use crypto. So like, you know, in some sense, like Dogecoin has a use case, but it's, it's still a shit coin. Like as far as like, if I'm looking for something to invest in to make money off of. That's a really good point. I never thought about that sort of a, uh, a way to, and get your feet wet on on crypto uh it's clearly gonna uh house your yellow bucks that you put into coinbase or whatever i've never thought about I, i'm still not i don't think you can move my my view about you know we really need to get doge out of the top 10 to yeah well so. i mean it's a the thing about it is it's a in, built-in inflation in the system so there's five billion dogecoin printed every year and so there has to be five billion dollars that uh, keep propping this, you know, new money coming in every year to prop this thing up at the current price. Wow. So, yeah. So if we had to list qualities, so if we had to put them in buckets, we've got scam coins uh, and they have the, the attributes of um, bad faith actors. Um, is there any, is there any coin that is an altcoin in the top 100 that is putting out some scam coin vibes to you? Oh, um, I think there's a lot of them. Um, let me just let me just pull it up right here. Top 100. You know, scam coin and the top uh, number six XRP. I mean, there's there's a few people that are going around trying to say that there's some secret. You know, I mean, it's sort of the same thing with Dogecoin. Like, there's some secret plan being hatched to make XRP useful. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't fit into our into our thesis in the sense that you just can't do anything with it. Um, like the, the only argument for Dogecoin is the DeFi people have gone and built um, what, what's called Rendoge, where you can bring your Dogecoin into like the Ethereum ecosystem and trade it and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know. I like it, it, it that's a very, very stretchy use case. Um, uh, and then outright scam is Bitcoin cash, which is there's, you know, this big argument in 2017 about should Bitcoin have bigger blocks? Um, but there was, you know, really clear proof that making Bitcoin have bigger blocks on the blockchain would create centralization. Um, and if you have centralization in Bitcoin, then it's no longer secure. And so people would just hack it. Um, so yeah, Bitcoin Cash, uh, the $9 billion, $9 billion on there. I'm, you know, I'm not sure what those people are thinking. It is available on, in like Grayscale and, and that sort of thing, I think. Or like PayPal offers Bitcoin Cash, which it's just, I, I just don't understand. Oh, I, I can see their angle. I mean, I... Uh, being, um, you know, somebody who looks at this thing and it's like, oh, accidentally thinks, oh, I, you know, there's, there's, there's a wide number of people. Yeah, out yeah, there. no, it was clearly, I mean, they made the symbol look like, I mean, Bitcoin, no, it was, it was a clear attempt to make people accidentally buy it. Right, right. And, and call it something where, where people don't know, understand that Bitcoin is divisible. So, you know, you don't need, in order to use it for payments, in order to uh, be a trader of it, you don't have to plop down. Uh, it's not an all or nothing proposition. I mean, I think there's a ton of people out there who don't even know that. 
that that you know you don't need thirty two thousand dollars to buy Bitcoin, and so something somebody comes along with something like Bitcoin Cash, like oh, there's that's Bitcoin, but I don't have to have thirty two thousand dollars. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I think that I, you know, I, I was telling you that um, someone that I knew that had bought Dogecoin, you know, I was like trying to like be like, hey, just be careful. And they're just like, oh, it's okay. I only bought this many shares, and I'm just like, you don't, you don't get shares of Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and and and, and you you made a great point a uh, uh, number of podcasts ago, which is. If you have somebody like that in your life, don't shame them for that. Uh, just, uh, you know, educate them and, uh, you yeah, know, maybe... exactly. Show them, show them how Elon Musk is not going to pump their coin on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> right. And, so then, and then, you know, don't shame them. But then, you know, the next time they come to you about some crypto thing, they might listen to you. Right. No, ab- ab- absolutely. And, with Robinhood's IPO filing and that uh, 33% of the crypto traded on Robinhood is Dogecoin. And there's a lot of evidence that uh, <clears throat> the Wall Street bets crowd uh, moved from uh, GME and I guess AMC is the other big one that they're into. Uh, it moved from that over to, uh, to Doge and that, that, that the Robinhood IPO filing is evidence of that. Right. Yeah. The you know the other thing that is just I haven't been able to wrap my head around. We've talked it about it a little bit. Is like you know we have the Binance coin, but then there's also um, what is this thing like Crypto.com coin and oh and yeah OKB and I I I you know FTX token. I get like the FTX token. I don't know. I like I guess it's because like people are like. Oh, I'm buying a share in the company or something, or that's what yep. you're doing. I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head. I think people think it's like a, a share in the company. When I when I kind of uh, also thought that Binance Coin should not be in the top ten, you made yeah. a good you, you made the good point that it's exposure to this uh, entrepreneur guy CZ, um, and you know if you want exposure to that, that's there's a different way to do it. So let's. Switch gears and let's go to the, the the ones we like and the potential foot guns that are out there. What is what are some foot guns around uh, getting into uh, Bitcoin at this particular level in your mind? Um, yeah, I think I think the foot gun right now to getting Bitcoin at this particular level is just like the the all the market participants are on the sideline i mean it's just really clear that everyone's on the sideline and nobody wants to pick the bottom um so like you're you know and and you know you can go look at the chart and say oh the bottom's in and it's like well is it in i mean the the price is still you know up a thousand percent since it crashed um march 2020 um so you know it like the price coming down a little bit from here it's not a bad thing for bitcoin uh, it's just a bad thing for you if you bought it here um right but, yeah yeah um i and and there's just been so much uh, uncertainty in the broader markets um there's been a lot of uncertainty with the china mining thing um yeah i mean i would i would certainly wait for like some sunnier days you know if, if we got some like a, you know a catalyst that could be 
a sign that everything's okay is that we start actually seeing uh, the mining equipment that supposedly has left China and like going to be showing up in Texas. Um, like, you know, if somebody's like, okay, we're online with it, you know, we say we start seeing the hash rate on Bitcoin network start going up uh, quite a bit. That's when I would start getting a little bit more bullish again. But like, yeah, right now, everything just looks so uncertain um, that, that the price could just chop. Like, it's not necessarily like that you're worried that the price is just going to like go down to 10K or something. It's that you're worried that you're going to buy here and it's just going to chop around for six or seven months or something like that. Right, to me, which is not, yeah, let me take the other side of that trade and why you should be long Bitcoin here again to our listeners. We're not advocating for this, but these are just, again, we're laying out your options and you can follow up on them as you wish. Um, and I'll take the other side of that trade. So if Bitcoin was a bubble uh, that looked a lot like, you know, people made all these crazy comparisons to the tulip mania stuff forget that that's that's that was the unique period of dutch history that gets extrapolated into, into just about everything i mean you can find anyone uh largely who works in acad- academia will tell you that any given stock is an evidence of tulip mania you can find that argument anywhere um but uh uh to me if bitcoin had its opportunity to prove it was going to 10k. I don't know what more it needed to go to 10k. I mean, you had you had an right. enormous spike. You had a lot of people who came in too late, right? You had a lot of people uh, who sort of you know lost money because they came. They're, they're the ones who drove the price up, but sort of towards the end of that push. But in and I hate to do it. I, I always try not to do it how 69k out of out of respect not only to crypto but to you to try to not draw it back to my personal experience um but in times where i've seen things go to the moon and die let's take let's take two prime examples uh silver got out of control in 2011 and in a period of maybe three months, went from being five thousand dollars to like fifty dollars, and then a period of like one month went back down to five dollars. And oil in two thousand and eight, uh, there was a rally from seventy to one fifty, and went from one fifty to thirty. Um, wow. And so when you see assets that have gone up two, three hundred percent, and I think maybe, you know, you could also talk about this with individual equity names, although I don't follow a lot of individual stocks, but I feel like that's misguided as well because Bitcoin is a store of value. And oddly enough, I mean, to me, the, the funniest part about the, 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 let's call them denialists or whatever, is they're like, Bitcoin is pure speculation. And I'm like, no, it's it's has an immutable store of value. Stocks are pure speculation. <laughs> and so uh, to me, if, you know, if, 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 if this thing um, has already done, we've already had enough time go by that 
I feel like if it was going to go to 10K, I mean, it had it's, it's had plenty of opportunities to do that. Now, you know, so I would, if I was just completely listening to this for the first time, considering Bitcoin for the first time, and I had, say, $100 that I wanted to put to work in Bitcoin, I would put 10% of that in right now. And I would look for confirmation uh, as the price moves in the direction that I want, maybe to add to the position. But I, I just, I, it's had, compared to other speculative manias or whatever you want to call them, uh, asset price run-ups, um, it, it's, it's they, you know, when, when something goes to the moon and then just, just dies with the with the with the with the the other other thing that i will (laughs) reinforce your side of the trade is that um the you know the the narrative around the sell-off has been very focused around mining you know around the environmental impact of mining and then china um, banning mining and you know every single day that bitcoin sold off there was a big you know some sort of tweet from elon or a, a, a release from the uh, people's republic of china about uh, banning crypto mining and so you know you, you can only reuse the same story so many times um until the market you know th- this is a new market like people were buying bitcoin not understanding it so it's like yeah i guess it's taken a long time for Bitcoin to price in the news, but it kind of didn't because it's just been going sideways now since. Uh, yeah, and I, I will I will say this: I'm not a sinologist, which is the term for sort of a China expert. Uh, I do have friends who are, and I asked him. I said, you know, what's the most likely story here with the most recent uh, uh, action taken by China about Bitcoin mining? And universally, to a T, they're like, they haven't shut down anything. The deal is, is we we just saw China do this with with uh, the Jack Ma guy, uh, founder of Alibaba. You know, he got too successful, so they just kidnapped him and held him in prison for like six months. Yeah. Um, th- if China doesn't get a piece of the action, you know, the Communist Party doesn't get a piece of the action. They just destroy it. We just saw them do it with the New York listing with the ride sharing app which they claimed was due to privacy concerns. Get real. China like monitors its citizens with ankle bracelets. And so I think, I think that, that uh, based on uh, folks I've talked to who are sort of China experts, um, that all they're doing is they're, they're, they're sounding tough and they're just integrating their state ownership into it. And it'll be back online in like three months. So I, I think that's that's also true. And also here again, uh, with the decline in the hash rate, Bitcoin had its opportunity to go to 10K and it's sitting firm. You can really see it in the volume too. the the sell off to the sell off down to like 20 uh, well 30,000. The first time was like the biggest volume spike Bitcoin has had in the recent months. And right. then the sell off down to 28,000 was a was a volume spike, but it wasn't nearly as much volume that came in earlier. So then today we get, you know, this whole market wide sell up and there's just no volume in Bitcoin. I mean, there's not even a, a blip of volume in Bitcoin today. I think it is the, uh, there's not, but on the, just on the future side, just as a data point, um, I think this is one of the highest volume days we've seen in Bitcoin. 
Yeah, yeah. So on spot, there's just no volume. Right, and I, I don't think you should pay attention to the futures of volume versus the. Um, I think you should pay attention to spot volume. I, I, I really do. So let's do something fun, okay? So I uh, one of the best ways in my mind to develop a thesis and to check yourself on trades. And I've been kind of wandering into becoming an ETH shy boy, Ethereum shy boy. And for anyone who doesn't know that term, it came out of the Bitcoin conference where a sex worker referred to <laughs> to Ethereum uh, uh, clients as shy. Um, so I've been kind of wandering into Ethereum shy boy world, not necessarily on a use case basis, um, but as a, uh, I like the price action, and um, I, I think it's a gamble. But they are going to, um, but but they're going to be successful with their proof of of stake. And um, you know, I just don't think that there's that many great computing minds. Plus, you've got you know these amazingly large crypto funds being launched. I mean, two point five billion from Andreessen. I mean, you know, how many, how much work can that fund? I mean, when you, when you think about the number of people working on these DeFi projects. So, I, okay, so let's, let's play a game. One of the best ways, like I was saying, to sort of work, work around your, your, your thesis is to actually argue against it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the short Ethereum, try to make the case for short Ethereum, and you try to make the case for long Ethereum. Is that cool? All right. Sounds good. All right. So short Ethereum, the reason to be short Ethereum is that despite its, 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 as we just referenced, it is, uh, there's so much confusion surrounding trade, trading digital assets, AKA crypto, that I think that no one should buy Ethereum because people are treating it also, like Ripple did in the first um, Bitcoin uh, pop, which is they're 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 looking at Ethereum and they're saying, "Oh, it's just a cheaper version of Bitcoin." And so, uh, once they do enough research to figure it out, they will become sellers because uh, of that. And there's too much risk surrounding proof of stake. We know proof of work, while it may be energy intensive at times, is a is a proven technology, and so Bitcoin is still the gold, and Ethereum isn't even the silver. Is that convincing at all? Well, so proof of stake will reduce the energy usage from right. proof of work to some level that will make you know people like Elizabeth Warren and you know um, all these environmentalists, uh, Elon Musk, I guess could be a big ethereum shy boy because the proof of stake is going to take the energy cost down so much and uh if you're someone that's wealthy then you have to buy ethereum if you want to be a part of the proof of stake so in order for the ethereum network to grow in the proof of stake form people have to come in and buy the token if they want to take part in earning the rewards from being a miner where right now the miners don't have to own ethereum at all Right. And so, uh, yeah, I don't find my case very convincing. No, I don't either. And I think, 
I think that uh, Ethereum is is proving, and in my opinion, uh, one of the first cryptos that I would like just, I don't know, calling it an altcoin feels offensive. Right. No, I, I have those moments too where I'm like, this feels like cult, like a, like a right. culture. And culture. I also, and, I, yeah. I also think like we're, we're reaching a moment where we actually have cryptocurrencies now. And those cryptocurrencies are things like Tether and USD coin and, you know, synthetic Euro, synthetic Korean you know whatever um the the point is we have cryptocurrencies now that are like currencies made out of crypto and then we have things like bitcoin which is like a store value asset and things like ethereum which is like you know a productive asset you could you could argue because um you can use it to make money i guess yeah i i see this uh so i i think i failed to in other words i reinforced my Ethereum shy boy tendencies that I'm just learning about, just discovering um, late in life. Um, that uh, you know, learning learning about. I, I I just again, I think this is a this one thing. They're both to me just this is traditional trading prices in stocks or commodities or whatever get hung up on big round numbers. Like I can't tell you the number of times that oil failed to get to a number, a big round number it was focused on like 80 or a hundred. Um, and I think that 2000 is a big number for Ethereum. I think 30,000 is a big number for Bitcoin. Right. And so, um, it's, it's, we saw that it had, Ethereum had its opportunity. I mean, it's down from a high of up in the 4,000s, uh, got cut more than in half, and it had that opportunity. It tested below 2,000 and said, no, thank you, I'd like some more. And uh, it's off substantially uh, today, at least 10%, but um, it's still holding the 2,000 level. So I would, I guess, I guess if I was going to, you know, go long, Ethereum, and the only reason I'm not long Ethereum is I'm waiting for normal, um, normal Ethereum to come to interactive brokers because the size of the futures contracts are 50 Ethereum big, and that's one of those things. That's the size doesn't concern me, but in terms of a long term hold, you have to roll over the contracts, and there's a lot of the 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 front month trades in line with the spot price, but as you go out and forward in the curve. Uh, you'll lose three, four percent just from rolling over the contracts. So uh, it's a really big contract, um, and it's 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 something that can move over the weekend. I mean, it moved one contract of Ethereum, one futures contract, uh, when it when it when it when it rallied uh, not July Fourth weekend, but the weekend prior to that. If you would have bought it on uh, Friday. At ninety five thousand dollars, you could have sold it on Monday for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and that is that's a great win. But anytime you see that that and you have the illiquidity because the futures markets are closed on the weekends, and um, if you can see that thirty percent or thirty thousand dollar per contract uh, win, and I look at that and go, that could be a thirty thousand per contract loss, right? So um, that's the only thing that's preventing me from doing that. But I think here or around here, 
you start scaling into uh, Ethereum ahead of um, proof of, proof of stake. If you got a hundred bucks, you put. Uh, I would put probably twenty if your if your unit is uh, hundred. I would put twenty right here. Um, I would average down if it retests the low with another twenty and be a buyer of uh, twenty more uh, if it if it if it holds the um, uh, if it if it posts a substantial closing time period above the uh, two thousand five hundred mark. So what else, any other last final, final call, last call on uh, any foot guns that you're seeing across all of digital assets trading that we haven't discussed? Um, I, yeah, I think that there is this, uh, you know, the Ethereum, Ethereum 2.0, when it goes live, if it is as successful as they want it to be, um, that not only will Ethereum go up, but a lot of all you know, Ethereum competitors will go down um, because they won't look so uh, good anymore. That's a really, 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 really good point. I guess my the only foot gun we haven't discussed is more of an upside foot gun, which is I think it was a really important moment when um, this, coins are starting to show relative performance. And... In other words, our use case theory is being fully realized. So we saw Uniswap, SushiSwap rally when other altcoins weren't or, or rallying more than other altcoins. And so the market is 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 moving, is is starting to re recognize the use case. And, you know, just again, sorry to do this, but uh, they call me Boomer. Um, but there were times in the stock market where everything moved together, everything was extremely correlated, and then markets settled down and people started stock picking again because, and things started to outperform each other on a relative basis. And so I think that was a, a, a pretty big moment that happened uh, over the last week. Yeah. And, you know, we just went through like, I mean, they made it down to like the top um, 40 or something like that. But, you know, uh, Four or five years ago, whatever. I mean, we would have just been able to trash every single coin there. Right, right, exactly. So yeah, there is there is hope that um, the the market is actually recognizing the value um, in some of these other tokens. All right, so this has been the uh, Friday edition. We're going to release it on Friday. Light talk. Um, we have two separate podcasts during the week, and one is a, a longer format and discusses things. If you haven't checked it out, check out our discussion about regulation. It's, a, it's, it's I think, uh, unique, and uh, it's a rather lengthy listen. Also, we have uh, switched to a paid newsletter, and, you know, for the price of, we've priced it in Chipotle burritos. And in terms of, you know, what those cost. And so for the cost of one Chipotle burrito a month, you can sign up to our newsletter. We have multiple tiers where you get a cheat sheet and uh, original content that you won't sort of find anywhere else. Um, with that, uh, thank you, Hal69K. This has been 
the Foot Guns Podcast Light Edition. Thanks.